Gentlemen. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> Does the high roller count as transportation? Uh, Oops. It, you go. Do you go anywhere, though? I think. That's a philosophical uh, question. Jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. You, you go to the... Uh, uh, whatever. I read a book a couple weeks ago called Our Last Invention. Mm. That's pretty scary. So supposedly... We're going to get the AGI or artificial general intelligence, and it'll be yeah. okay. And then somebody is going to create the ASI or artificial super intelligence. And then that thing is going to be so many orders of magnitude smarter than us that it's just going to boom, like the yeah. singularity thing. It's but freaky. Probably not good. I don't know how worried about it to be, right? There's like um, definitely very smart people that seem concerned, people like uh, Elon Musk and like I was listening to an interview with Bill Gates recently and they're like, yeah, you know, if it's not done responsibly, it could be pretty freaky. And I pretty much don't trust anyone to do it responsibly. So I'm, you know, maybe a little freaked out. Because there's no way to know. There's no way to, there's just so many things that can go wrong because it's not going to be guided by emotion. It'll just be trying to fulfill its program. And, you know, the examples that this thing was giving is, well, what happens when it decides that the best way to achieve its program or whatever, do what it's supposed to do, is to convert our biomass into using the nanotechnology and do all that, the gray goo scenario thing. So mm. it's kind of, yeah, I mean, they could be kind of weird because we're not going to really understand it because it's going to be smarter than us. We won't Matrix. be able to know how it thinks. Yeah. 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 No, not even that. It's going to be smarter. You know, the Matrix, you never got the feeling that it was smarter than us. It was just yeah, it's true, actually. So this yeah. is actually going to think in ways that we can't think. Right. And the, the analogy was, well, it's not going to really hate us, but when we are growing food and farming, we're ripping up, you know, mouse burrows and stuff and killing mice, and we don't hate them. Mm-hmm. We just don't, it doesn't right. really figure into it. So it's right. kind of going to be in the same thing, maybe. Right. Although maybe like- it's, yeah, it might just be somebody wanting to sell books. I don't know. Dave, it's been a while since you, we've had the opportunity to speak with you. Yeah. Um, Chuck and I have actually talked a couple times. We've uh, been podcasting uh, in advance of our uh, upcoming trip to Macau. Um, and uh, so we've been doing some, basically, like we have uh, Skype calls about trip planning and we just post them. Sweet. So, yeah, it's fun. If people haven't heard that, it's all, you can go over to the uh, Macau tripping site. And uh, check it out there, or uh, subscribe in your favorite podcasting machinery. Um, 88 Days to Macau, I believe is where it, how it's listed. Uh, it's been fun. You know, we talked about hotels, we talked about hotels, we talked about hotels, and we talked about <laughs> some food stuff, and we'll do some more, uh, I'm sure, in the near future. But uh, it's been fun so far. So we've been very, very China-focused and not very Vegas-focused. But um, I guess... Uh, there's a couple of things I'm hoping we can talk about tonight. So I, I'd love to quickly talk about Macau. And, um, you know, we're coming up. It's March 17th. Uh, Wynn Palace, which was like sort of ostensibly the reason that we picked the timing for this trip that we did, is supposed to open on June 25th. Um, that has been called into question given because of construction delays. And uh, so we don't know. The company has not made a definitive statement one way or the other. They're not taking reservations or anything like that. So we don't know. 
Um, but Chuck, I would love to, and Dave, if you have a thoughts on this, you know, please of course chime in, but I, the longer we go, I'm, you know, getting more and more uh, nervous that, uh, there will be no palace in our future. Oh boy. That's really, that's a possibility. Uh, you know, I left a, a, a chunk of dates in the middle of my, uh, uh, of the weeks, the week that we're there, the 10 mm-hmm. days in the middle of that reserved for the palace. And uh, I chipped off one of them already, and I'm thinking about chipping off another one because yep. the rates are going up as things get closer. And uh, and I've 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 tried to shake the tree of prosperity, the wind tree of <laughs> prosperity, to see if there was any, if I could get any kind of knowledge, and I got nothing. So uh, I I've also set up a uh, a cron script to ping. Mm. The Wind Palace Their website, website yeah. like Good, yeah. huh. you know, every day to see if anything changes, and as of yet, not one thing. But I did just discover some interesting things. Uh, their uh, careers page is roaring. There is there are lots of job requisitions mm. open uh, that have been posted. You know, for some time now, but uh, you know they're 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 posting stuff up to now, and they're filling things pretty quickly too. There's like a limo driver thing, and that's been filled, and there's like a uh, uh, dim sum steamer number three. So there, <laughs> there's like all sorts of levels of this. There's one guy who's supposed to operate the ropes. In case they have to climb out onto the uh-huh, the, the wires to rescue yeah. people from the sky cabs, you know, so they're they're oh. staffing up. So uh-huh. it, I'm guessing the building is close, and they're dealing with probably the fit out, the last bits of fit out in the towers, and this is all just a guess. And they're starting to get staff coming into the building just based on the amount of people that they're hiring so yeah no looking at the hiring stuff it's smart um and uh because you know and it's actually it's a topic that uh has come up on some of the financial calls too right because they have to carry the cost of two sets of employees and mm-hmm. if one place isn't open and generating income then that's just pure pure cost and so uh there have been analysts that have asked, you know, hey, how's this going to impact your staffing? You know, what are you guys going to have to pay for all this extra labor in the interim? Uh, and of course, they're going to try to minimize that delta, right? They want mm-hmm. to uh, carry the staff for the minimum amount of time. So that's that's uh, wise, and it's smart of you to be watching that. So maybe that gives me some hope. I I think uh, that um, you know they wouldn't want to spend any more money than they have to. Uh, my my impression is that they still just don't know. But this close is a little bit scary. Um, and I guess, you know, they could open without the high rise being completely fitted. Like even if they had, they could, I could conceivably like, let's say that they had to commit to a date. And so they really wanted to open and have their uh, big hurrah. Um, if they can do public spaces, they could open with half the, fl- half the floors with guests, a third of the floors. I mean, like they could, if I'm sure that's not an optimal thing, but they could, there's no like requirement that they have to have the entire hotel finished. So if that's where they're running into trouble, then uh, maybe one way to cut the schedule in order to to get things open. I don't know if they would want to do that or not. I'm sure there's all kinds of downsides as well. But Steve cut an interesting story on the last call because he was very mellow 
He was very calm. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, is this Joe? Joe, are you there, Joe? He, he, told it, he told all the stories. He did all the shtick, but he was very calm with all of his answers, and he was very happy to talk about Kotai and what was going on. And He did not seem angry, worried, or that, you know, when he's really worried, he gets kind of giddy and a little flip. Like, oh, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But that's when you know he's kind of concerned. This was really relaxed, Steve. And hmm. the story that he gave was, you know, uh, we're going to be close around that date. So I think he's just, I think they just don't want to put the chips out just in case something happens. But, you know, we're still three months. Yeah. You know, we're still you just do a lot about of work three in three months. months. Yeah. So uh, I, I think. Uh, I, I think they're going to make it. Uh, I don't see why not. They've got tons of people there working. If they're staffing up, then they're obviously serious about this. You know, they've got tons of these were posted in the last. You know, I'm just scanning this, but uh, like the first two or three pages of this is posted March 10th. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, of, of a week ago. job job wrecks. So, and then previously before that, it was. Uh, like February was the last rash of these things. So, you know, it's, I think nah, working in waves. It's interesting. Uh, and, you know, I've always sort of assumed going into this that they would have like a big gala opening on whatever the first day was, because that's the way he's always done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will have a soft opening uh, and then have a big party, you know, a month later once things are, are cranking a little bit more. I mean, I guess it's possible. I never really entertained that idea. I always assumed it was going to be a big shebang with, you know, the whole company's uh, executives there in force and a big party. But maybe not. Maybe it will be different. Yeah, it's possible. But, you know, there's there's customs with opening things. With In China, particularly, you know, people... It, there, there's a way you have to do it. I don't know exactly what that is, but I remember when the Sofitel opened, there was like all sorts of specific things. You know, they have the monks come in and the people do the oh, right. and whatever in the feng shui and they do this and that and they put uh, flowers out front. They send all these huge uh, floral arrangements and whatnot. So I, now I don't remember. And maybe you do. I'm sure Dave does because he remembers everything. Uh, how far in advance of any property opening do they open up reservations? Uh, I could tell you at least for Encore. I know I could tell you because I'm sure I still have my email. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. talk for a second. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> I don't see Dave, Steve do doing clue? a soft opening. No, I don't. But I'm no. gonna tell you, I don't see Steve doing a soft opening. Because remember how dismissive he was of the Palazzo's soft opening. Yes and no, though. I, and, I, you know, his remember, I never do that. His, I remember, though, at another interview, maybe it was with Freeze or something, where he said, oh, well, it's the way to go. Like, we don't do the big openings anymore. I, I'm, like, 99% positive that this is not a thing I made up, hmm. and it's actually in my memory. Yeah. And I remember it being notable because it was a complete contradiction to mm. what he had said previously and what he had done. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't think so, because... You know, Encore is a different beast, as we discussed on the Macau show. Like, it's it was a basically opening of a second tower in a chunk of a casino, but all the systems were 
already operational. They just had to put more terminals in, you know, and 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 add a couple of bits and pieces here or there. They had the infrastructure of a working resort was already, you know, humming. So, yeah, right. When would be the when would be the last time we would know this? And before that would be what Bellagio, Beauvage. How far in advance of opening do they, or anybody for that matter? When did when did Aria or uh, Cosmo start opening? Yeah. Except reservations. I don't know. I'm trying to find this not having it's downtown Grand. Yeah. Uh oh. Yep. Here we go. Okay, so Encore opened in December of 2008. They started taking reservations August 19th. Huh. So I have a post on my blog from when I did that. that uh, yeah, so it's three and a half months. So we're in the zone, I guess, is the point. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we shall see how it Encore is open. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll see. Of course, I obviously hope very much that I get to see what is inside of that place um, when I go, because I don't know when I'll be going back. So I, you know, very much hope that it works out. But uh, it should be fun either way. A um, couple other win things before we talk about some other stuff. Uh, win Boston Harbor. Um, as someone noted, it is not in Boston nor on the harbor, but uh, good name. Uh, that's the, that is the, uh, Massachusetts joint that is in Everett and on the Mystic River. Um, but apparently they had some kind of big PR boondoggle, um, with a bunch of journalists there in the last couple of days where they showed off, uh, what looked like some updated models and, uh, not just, uh, models on the exterior, which, um, don't to my, uh, to my eye, I haven't changed all that much. Um. But also some interior stuff, right? Some uh, a, a model that shows sort of how the casino is going to be laid out and uh, the placement of the uh, of the Popeye statue um, that's going to be moved out there when the place opens. Uh, looks like a pretty grand entrance. Some uh, spiraling uh, escalators, a la uh, Parasol Down or uh, Form Shops kind of thing going on there. Uh, you know, looks nice. Um, I've actually never been to Boston, so. Uh, I don't have a lot of context as far as what the whole area is like, but, um, you know, seems like uh, they're basically putting a, a, a mini win with a updated uh, casino design in, in Boston. And that thing is finally going forward after all of the all of the delays and all the craziness that's uh, that's been associated with. It seems like it's finally rolling forward. Are you guys excited about Win Boston Harbor and will you go visit Win Boston Harbor? I don't know if I was out there for something else, maybe, but I wouldn't see making a trip. Fair enough. I will definitely go. I'm definitely going to go. Maybe I'll go to the opening. I don't know. It's possible. It would be, be interesting. I'm going to fly I, to China. Right. Good point. It's a good point. Right. Uh, I loathe that Popeye statue, but other than that, it looks kind of cool. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I I looked at the Popeye statue and the uh, the uh, the assholes on a stick thing yeah. recently, and <laughs> it it makes sense. You know, it In makes sense, sense to me. It's what like it, it's not necessarily the art, but the fancy finness of it, and uh, the colors really work with the Larev painting palette, yeah. which is what it all works with. So this yeah. is kind of like an iridescent 
yep. you know, a super shiny three-dimensional version of of that stuff. So in terms of colors, it makes sense. The colors and the materials I have no issue with. I actually think they are kind of neat. I just, I don't know, Popeye, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't like Popeye, I guess. It's a, you know, I'm not sure why. It just rubs <laughs> me the wrong way. Um, but Chuck, you, uh, you were at Wynn, um, recently and, uh, did some recon on, uh, Wynn Plaza, took some, uh, really, you know, fascinating video footage. <laughs> of uh, walking along the service road, <laughs> um, well, you know what? Uh, I guess folks can go watch that if they're if they're not figuring it out. But what it reminded me was, um, it's actually a pretty big little piece of land that they're going to convert into shops and restaurants and stuff. It's not small. Yeah, it's not small. It uh, it uh, I was the thing that surprised me the most. I guess the background is as I was out walking. And uh, I walked through Wynn and Encore, and I looked at all the stuff and uh, a bunch of stuff I haven't uh, gotten around to writing up yet. But uh, one of the things while I was walking out, I just wanted to re-familiarize with that whole area, what's going on there currently before they build that that shopping center. So while I was there, I noticed some fresh spray paint markings on the asphalt. So I followed them, and basically it outlined sort of what I think it outlined what the building is and how the whole thing is going to kind of work out. So uh, the point really, and you just alluded to this, is that I was surprised at how much bigger the space is than what I remembered it being. Uh, it's there's a there's a lot of uh, they can build a lot of stuff, and if they're yeah. going to build it right up to the uh, to the to the edge of the sidewalk with uh, um, things hanging over the edge, whatnot. And it's going to be two floors with a open glass roof. It's going to be pretty cool with restaurants and whatnot. It's going to get right up onto the strip. It's going to capture all sorts of energy, but until it's going to be covered in dirt until uh, uh, Elon gets built, but we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. I think uh, it, it, it probably it, it'll probably be you know very much in keeping with the Esplanade on the other side, and um, it will be pretty big in terms of you. You mentioned Elon, right? So of course, there's been a story uh, in the past couple of weeks about their financing and whether or not that's going to put a push pause on uh, their development. Um, what do you guys think about that? Uh, is that just a, a natural sort of road bump, uh, road bump, speed bump? Um, in, uh, in in the current market and no big deal, or how does it relate to, and sort of, as we also look at, um, we look at Lucky Dragon and we look at uh, Resorts World, which, you know, slowing, like Lucky Dragon's had trouble raising money. To Some people have actually said they've stopped working. Other people said there's still people working there. I don't know what's going on. Um, Resorts World, I think a lot of people expected them to be more active at this point than they are. Um, how much of this? What what does this say about uh, the current prospects of building in Vegas? Is it is uh, we were all sort of I think hoping for a, a big uh, boom resurgence. Is it going to be a, a little bit slower out of the gate? Here's what I think. I think the numbers I, for this for the Cass NBA elective thing. I was looking over a lot of numbers and putting this together for them. The numbers are really strong for Vegas. So the Occupancy rate is higher than it's been since the recession started. Room rates, I think, are 
higher than or close to where they were before the recessions. That's, that's going really well. The problem, I think, is the bigger uncertainty about bigger economic picture globally, you know, starting in China all the way back right. to here. So I think that's what is causing the pause. It seems like uh, I don't think anybody, because given the reports that came out about the Elon financing stuff, I believe both Packer and um, and Andrew Pascal went on the record and basically said, yeah, you know, we're still looking, we're doing our thing, like no reason to be concerned. We're still working on our planning purposes. So they, uh, I mean, of course, you know, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, this is a disaster. But um, it 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 didn't seem overly hand wavy to me. It felt sort of like you know I'm sure that they would love to have uh, term sheets that were signed, but they, it didn't seem like panic mode either. Um, so hopefully it is just a a little speed bump, and uh, and things get get back on track here pretty soon. What's interesting though, you know, we've seen in the last couple weeks both, uh, and these are like rumors and who knows, but like there, I think it was Norms talking about Siegfried and Roy have seen plans for Steve Wynn's new. I don't even, I, I missed the thread on this one, but like Steve talking again, supposedly, if the rumor is true, Steve talking again about developing on uh, the golf course, right? And we talked about this uh, on one of the Macau things at the end of one of those things. So, you know, that at least that topic has been floated again, which is interesting. And I saw someone with a link today with uh, Sheldon Adelson talking about adding rooms in Las Vegas, which I talking, I think he actually cited a figure about a thousand rooms. So I would assume that would mean like St. Regis Tower turning into maybe not condos anymore, maybe hotels again. I don't know. But mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting, right? These guys have not talked about building in Vegas for a long time. They've been so focused on China and elsewhere. That's probably occupancy rate. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what drives it. If there's demand, you know, then and they see that it's going to sustain for a period of time, like there's going to be more conventions and what have you, then then why not build? Uh, going back to the Elon thing, you know, I don't have any knowledge specifics, inside knowledge about this, but but I know from from talking to Andrew that he is. Uh, He's a very cautious and a very calculating guy. Uh, just to just to get an agreement about what we were going to talk about, just him and me in the room. It, it it we went back and forth for quite some time about what the what we could uh, what we could discuss and what was off the record and, and all this kind of jazz. So uh, I think he's just making sure and learning from the previous mistakes which you know is half of which is standing in the lot next to him uh not to not to fuck it up right how many chances do you get to build a property in the high rent district uh right across from from uh, your old uncle steve you know and all this stuff so i think they're being very cautious about making sure that everything's settled and, and done before things start zooming and, you know, use the time wisely while this is happening, right? Work on stuff. Yeah. When I was looking at this, this is the last thing. I, when, I was, when I was there, I, I walked across the street and I walked right up and around the whole thing, uh, the Elon parcel. And they've cleared the entire property. 
It's totally clear. All the garbage is gone. All the trees are gone. All the fences are gone. All the bits and pieces and, and, and uh, the junk and the trash is completely cleaned out. And they've wrapped the whole parcel in uh, Alon branded quippery uh, <laughs> on tarps and artwork and stuff. And it's, you know, it's got interesting, fun messaging and stuff like that. So, you know, it's... It's happening, but, you know, time. The one thing I wonder, um, and that sounds fine to me, you know, sometimes things take longer than we think. Uh, we just talked about Wind Resorts not being able to open a place on time that they spent billions of dollars on, and they've got a ton of experience building stuff. So things, the timing, timelines can be unpredictable. But uh, one of the things I wonder, though, is Elon, especially, one of the challenges they have uh, as an un realized vision you know they're they are getting people to come work there right and it's based off of the vision and we're going to and i'm sure in some cases we're going to be open at this time especially in some of the employees where some of their pay is based off of other incentives that's beyond uh, a base amount and to then extend the timeline out may make it more difficult to retain and lure in certain types of talent that I'm sure that they do want to get their lasso around. So yeah. I'm sure that adds a little pressure to the mix. Yeah. Um, that, but they, uh, they, they did make a major hire of uh, uh, Deborah Ong from Wynn, who is the, the boss of hotel operations there. Oh, and I didn't know that. that. Cool. That was within the last, uh, you know, three or three or four months. She's come on board. She's updated her LinkedIn res reservation or her profile, which says she's now a, an employee of Elon. This is public knowledge. So, you know, they're still pulling people out. So yeah. things are happening. Sounds like it. Cool. They're looting and plundering. Yeah. Um, Elon is a great segue into uh, an announcement. We have uh, an announcement. Well, it's not a new announcement, really, but it's a reminder announcement. Yeah. Um, that we have an event coming up. Honestly, though, I, it's funny. I, um, I know when the event is, right? I, I know in my heart when the event is. <laughs> but um, I, was, I, I will admit, I got a little bit freaked out when I saw um, uh, Tim Hundy likes to always, he has a tweet whenever he goes to Las Vegas. He says, you know, daddy's home is his thing. People know that they follow him. <laughs> he, he, he tweeted that the other day and there was like a bunch of other like vimp kind of, regulars that were he was hanging out with and i was like I is this thing now am i supposed to be there did i miss it like what's happening i honestly got a little bit freaked out that i had somehow severely screwed things up and that i was gonna have to like drive all night long but no uh everything is fine i guess tim hundy and mrs tim hundy are just you know they like vegas a lot so they're spending a lot of time there which is fine um anyway uh i digress um our event this is this is yep this is is uh, going to be Saturday, April 2nd, uh, which is just a, a couple weeks away uh, at the sh in the showroom at the D. And uh, for those that uh, have been around for a while that remember the olden days of the uh, podcast of Palooza, um, I expect something like that, right? We're doing, uh, unlike Vimp, which is a multi-day, multi-event kind of sh set of shenanigans, this is a, a more focused sort of callback to... Uh, the podcasting days of yore. So um, we will be sitting down with uh, the aforementioned uh, CEO of Elon and formerly Play Studios, Win, etc., etc. 
Andrew Pascal, who is going to be great. I'm super excited. He's actually, he's been a guest on this show before. You can go back and uh, re-listen to that interview from the archives if you are so inclined. Um, fascinating guy, super smart, creating a, a very interesting team over there of uh, really incredible talent, which in and of itself, I think, tells you something. So uh, I think uh, for those that maybe you're wondering why we spend so much time talking about a, a place that is just a dirt lot, um, it's because of of that, it's because of the people and what it has the the power to be. So that's why I find him so interesting. And so I'm looking forward to that conversation. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in addition, of course, to us, We've got our good friend, uh, Dr. David G. Schwartz, who uh, you may have heard of. Uh, hi, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, <laughs> who will be there to say great things? I'm not sure what he will be saying. We should probably talk about that in the near future. Um, but we'll, we'll let you I sleep know, first. You know, you know what? Of where I am right now is I know that I talked about what I was going to say, but I have absolutely no memory of what it. <laughs> so it well, could be anything. Dave has been, uh, you know, traveling around the world and yeah. is a little bit tired. So we'll 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 get that nailed down. Those of you that are thinking about coming, don't worry, we're we're on it. So we're good. Oh yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be great. Um, and then of course uh, our good friends uh, Chuck and his cohorts uh, from the Vegas Tripping Empire will uh, be spending some time with the audience. And uh, last but not least, definitely not least, our our dear dear friends. Tim and Michelle of uh, 500 by Midnight will be there as well. So it really is sort of a hearkening back to the OG uh, podcast of Lose kind of thing. It's for those that uh, have been to Vimp before, um, it's going to be sort of like the core, but probably uh, sort of more intimate. That sounds super cliche, but I think it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Um, sort of the, uh, the, the thermonuclear core of uh of the Vince experience. Um so I think it's gonna be great. Saturday, April 2nd, at the D. Since similar thing, you know, no tickets or anything. It's free. You can just show up. We do have a Facebook event RSVP thing. If you uh, are gonna come, that's great. You know, makes it easier for us. But uh I think unlike Vimp, where I'm always paranoid that we're gonna overflow the room, I think we'll be okay on this guy just because it's a it's a new thing we're trying out and uh, we're starting on the ground floor, so should be fun. Um, even though the showroom's on the the second floor, but yeah. <laughs> okay, just just don't want to confuse anyone. Um, so it's gonna be great. You can go to uh, VegasInternetMafia.com. There's a link at the bottom um, that will give you the information. You can also follow the uh, Vimp Twitter account, which also will be tweeting out awesome information. So, did I miss anything, Chuck? Nope, you got it all. Basically, okay. that's it. This is like the small, like secret club show or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like uh, the Bad Finger album. I don't know if that makes any sense yeah, to you it guys. Does to me. Or, uh, you know, when when your favorite band puts together a side project and it's. <laughs> Better than the original thing because like, nobody knows about it and it's quiet and you know smaller, intimate one thing. The thing that I'm most excited about this, the show, whatever, who cares, right? The thing in the showroom, fine. I'm excited just to hang out with you guys to go to the bar and not be running around like a headless chicken, yeah, getting shit to happen on time and whatever it is you know just to to do nothing and just to soak it in and say hello and 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 uh, get drunk really 
We love Vimp. Um, it's great. Yep. And it's going to be, you know, it's in October with information on Vimp, which we'll talk about more in the coming months. It's already posted on the website. So that's also out there. Um, we love doing that. It's super fun, but it is a totally different scale of production uh, that does require a pretty constant headless chicken running around <laughs> exercise. Um, and so I, you know, I, this will be, I, I hope, a lot different. Um, Yep. And a little bit more mellow and more opportunity to kind of relax and chill out, which uh, I, too, am looking forward to. Yeah. So we hope you come. Um, it's going to be a smaller crew. Uh, your chance to actually uh, touch the talent, if that's your thing. Um, <laughs> you know, don't touch me, though. <laughs> um, but everything else is fine. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Good. All right. Um, another quick little update since it is day of and we're here today. Uh, I did a Vegas made update today that came out today. Not a, not a lot of stuff in this update, though. Um, you now can uh, summon an Uber directly from uh, Vegas made as you're cruising around, which some people may find convenient. I still haven't used Uber in Vegas, but I thought this might be a nice little shortcut. So added that in along with a couple of other little enhancements. So if you're a, a Vegas made user, that should be uh, waiting for you in the app store today. and. Uh, Hopefully you will enjoy it. So that is available for folks that are looking for that. Great. Um, let's see. I would love to talk about a couple things. Um, I, you know, I'm not expecting this to be a, a marathon session this evening. I think uh, you know we can we can keep it relatively short. But I would love to talk about the Truth in Hotel Advertising Act. Um, which is a bill in introduced into the Senate by Claire McCaskill of somewhere in the Midwest. Who's uh, where's she from? Uh, Missouri, yep. maybe Missouri. Yeah. Um. Uh. Which basically is like, hey, hotels, uh, you have these scammy resort fees, which uh are basically deceptive trade practice, and don't do that. Um, and so my understanding, I did read the bill. It's pretty short. You can find it, uh, in congress.gov. Um, but basically it says like, Hey, you know, it's uncool to, uh, to have these separate fees that are mandatory that are not included in the price. And so we've seen, you know, the similar, similar steps were taken in other travel related industries in the, the last few decades, right? Airlines, of course. Um, but, uh, it's interesting to see what's going to happen here. Uh, and I actually don't know the background on this, like why she put it forth, uh, who's lining up for and against. There was an article in the Huffington Post that basically made it sound like most that, that uh, the strong the opposition may be like the maybe the AGA and some of the Las Vegas companies, but not much else. They even suggested that the big hotel chains that mostly franchise like they will maybe will even quietly support this effort. Because, you know, they would rather see normalized, normalized fees and they don't care that their franchisees are, you know, going to potentially lose money. It's not even clear if they would lose money, right? They would just have to advertise the single rate. So anyway, I think this is interesting. I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked at the, the actually the politics of this to see, uh, see if it's got a chance in hell or not. But I'm curious what you guys think, right? I mean, obviously, we've talked about resort fees a lot. People hate resort fees. They feel scammed by resort fees, right? They feel like they're being forced to buy something that they don't want. Um, and so I, I personally, even if I paid the same amount, I would prefer just to have a single fee, a single number. Like this is the number. Like I, I don't like the monkeying with the different variables. 
even if it's literally, even if I don't save a dollar, I like just having, this is what the room costs per night. None of this mumbo jumbo. Um, but I'm really interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, especially, you know, and I'd love to check in on, on uh, PGP watch at some point, but this all, you know, it all plays into that, right. Making more money and all that, you know, but I, so anyway, I've talked long enough. What do you guys think about this whole thing? Um, any thoughts on uh, if it's got a chance, whether you think it should pass? Um, I'd love to hear from both of you. I don't know enough about what's going on politically. No, if it has a chance, it seems like it'd be good for the consumer if it passed, because like you said, then you would kind of have one number and you don't have to say, well, it's a $25 fee here and a $31 fee there and comparing when you're comparing rooms. So I don't know in, in the perfect world, in the idealistic world, I'd love to think that, Hey, it would make stuff better for the consumer and the customer's always right. So they should do it and that'll be cool. The real world though, is probably, it's not going to happen. What's the downside? I, other, you know, other than the, I, the the companies want to make more money, like how is how could this ever be a bad thing? I guess you could say it's interfering with private business. Okay, but on the other hand, we do have truth in advertising, so it's I I really don't know. I also think that if they if they came up with there, somebody would find another loophole. Right, people are too smart. Right, there is that. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, you know, this whole thing, uh, I, I, I laud Senator McCaskill for doing this. Uh, she reached out to her constituency uh, of Missouri and asked them what bugged the shit out of them. And the answer she got was resort fees, hidden fees at hotels. And it shocked her. This is uh, what she yeah. said in, in uh, statements related to this. Uh, I think it's great that she's done this, even if it's just to say, to put the hotel industry on notice that people who are connected to the Federal Trade Commission, she was the chairperson, I believe, previously, so she knows about this stuff, that they've got their eyes on you. You know, it might not, this might not result in, you know, direct legislation, but it, it, it should send a little bit of a message to say, you know, come on, guys. Stop this. But really what's going on here with 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 the fees and stuff, there's it's obvious. Way back in oh god, I don't know, 1998, you could build a web page. And then at the bottom of that web page, uh you put a bunch of text in white white font on a white <laughs> background that you can't see. That's filled with all the keywords that you want people to find in the search engine to right. find your page as opposed to everybody else. Keyword stuffing. Yeah. Search engine optimization. We've all yeah. heard this term, search engine optimization. And that is basically what the, this pricing bullshit is about. It's they're trying to use whatever tactics they can to, to get themselves to appear better. Oh, look, here's a five-star Aria. It's only a dollar. It's $125 a night. Well, that's not really true because you add the tax, you add the parking fees, you add the resort fees, which are close to $40 now. Yep. You know, that $120 room is now actually $210, 215 220 But hey, look, Aria is $120, $120 and the Tropicana is $120. 
you know, I'll go, I'll stay at the five star resort for 120 versus the renovated three and a half star resort for 120. That's an easy value proposition. Right. And you won't know till you get that far into the booking process. Half the people who book stuff don't care and, or it's being done for business. So it doesn't even matter. Right. Who cares? I'm going to the convention. Fuck it. My boss is banned. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are moving parts here that are that are at play. Uh, I'd love to see it just get wiped away. Uh, and I would suggest anybody who books, uh, when you do your searching, do your kayaking, uh, which is great, the perfect search engine, you can cross-reference that search engine with hotelscombined.com and Trivago. They are all do kind of the same thing. Uh, and then go look on Agoda, because there's a thing on Agoda.com where you can say, just show me what the whole thing costs mm-hmm. with all the fees. And they add it all up. They show you one price. Bam, right there. And it, it, it's like, oh, really? You, you really see how these things are priced. So possibly when, when the search engines, which is the Agodas, the Kayaks, the everybody else, just say, fuck the fees. We're just going to roll this all into one price. You guys don't have a say anymore like google did saying well if you do this keyword stuffing we're going to throw you at the bottom they figured out algorithms to 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 beat the cheaters right so once once these folks start getting involved in this game uh it's it it might help but there's a contentious relationship between online travel agents and the hotels mgm is trying to squeeze the shit out of them uh, for various things related to the to the profit growth plan, I've, which I've written about, so I don't know where it's going to end, but hopefully technology is going to solve it. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point, and I think uh, if the customer wants a more uh, inc- if they want to see the full price, then. It will be solved through other means, technological means or whatever, right? It makes sense. I, the one thing I, we talked about Vegas Mate earlier, the one thing I forgot to mention is we now include parking fees uh, in uh, Vegas Mate. So you can see uh, how badly you're potentially getting screwed by uh, as people start charging these parking fees, that stuff will be included there as well. So uh, one uh, one little note there. But uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I, I um, it'll I'll, you know, we'll watch uh, watch this as it progresses. I it, it'll be interesting to see who sort of lines up for and against it, who starts to lobby uh, for or against this bill, whether sort of overtly or covertly um, to see what uh, how people I, I can't imagine. Well, I well, I shouldn't say that because people are, are sometimes shameless in their lobbying, but it will be interesting to see if someone does lobby against this, what uh, what their position will be, what kind of justification they'll try and stick on it i i can't wait to hear that that argument here's the thing though if everybody has to follow the same rules then doesn't that eliminate the advantage of the resort fee and bumping you up in in the uh ota page rankings the yeah. stuff Derek was talking about when he Right. When he was talking about why he did it. Yeah. So then wouldn't that just put everybody in level playing Well, field? right. So that's the problem with this issue, right? It's like, it's one of those, and I can't remember the term for this, but there's it. There's a term for these kinds of things where, uh, I don't know, whether it's like a prisoner's dilemma problem or, you know, it's like, it's a situation where one individual actor, they know the right thing to do, but they can't act alone, right? They, yeah. they, 
they everyone has to move together for it to make any sense because if mm-hmm. if one person does the right thing they just get destroyed so they the whole industry has to has to either collude which you know you could probably make some case that was illegal um or uh, or be forced to through through legislation and regulation to uh, to do the right thing so yeah it it would uh, and so there may even be people um, in some of these, uh, some of these hotel companies that are like, yeah, I'm sick of playing this game. Like, let's just, you know, I, I want to, I want to have a level playing field. Like, I don't want to be at a disadvantage to somebody else, but well, yes, you know, it's a pain in the ass to maintain all this different stuff. Can we just have a single thing? So there actually may be some people inside that actually support this. Um, and we, and if that is the, tr- if that is the case, it'll be interesting to see if they actually s- say anything about it. Or sort of like, or, or quietly wait for it to pass, or or not. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Um, uh, Senator McCaskill has my support. So <laughs> I can't I can't vote in Missouri, but <sighs> all right. Um, let's see. I would love to check in on PGP Corner with uh, Charles S. Monster. Um, see what's going on there, and quickly uh, touch on uh, our good friend uh, Derek Stevens, who has bought a new building but uh let's start with uh let's start with pgp chuck you you are like the the king of the pgp well maybe jim mern is the king of the pgp but you're like the the watcher of the pgp i don't know i'm i'm i don't have any eloquent uh eloquent description but you, you know you broke this story you've talked a lot about it you clearly have uh some sources that are that are giving you some good intel. So, what's the story? Where are we at with PGP? Um, what's the latest thing in in PGP land? Uh, the latest thing is they've they're expanding all the rooms to non smoking. They've already done a bunch of this, but but the PGP angle is uh, they're not doing this because it's because the customers don't want smoking rooms. They're doing it, well, it's, that's part of the reason, uh, but they're doing it because they can make more money, and these, this is from internal documents that I have, uh, and the direct quote is uh, increased revenue from fees. Wow. So, so if, if you're caught, if your room smells like cigs, right. and I imagine that's determined by the housekeeper, Right, probably whoever else and their supervisor, they charge you a minimum, minimum deep cleaning fee of three hundred dollars. So I, you know, I, I I thought about this a little bit, and I was like, well, I I did a little research, and about seventeen percent, give or take, of Americans are cigarette smokers. Right, we can assume that. That probably goes up a little bit in Vegas because people who normally don't smoke or have quit, yeah, you know, they'll Plus, have a, a couple of drags, and, right? You know, Plus Nevada has more smokers than any other state, too. So exactly, so the residents, exactly. So uh, you know, that basically is they're they're rolling the dice on people slipping up on that people, amazing, basically having cigarettes. Uh, in their room, because hey, man, you're a smoker. You're not going to go shit. I got to go get in the elevator and go down to the casino in my, you know, in my underpants or my pajamas. And you see right. it at Aria actually, right next to JPP. 
the the patisserie yeah. and the bar uh-huh. that's there, the lift bar. There's like ten people standing out there in that walkway smoking. Yeah, I've seen that actually. They come down there and they stand there and smoke in the casino, and then they put it out and they go back up to the room. Right? They're it smart, right? Amazing. There's the three hundred bucks, so you can go sit at the bar, <laughs> have a cig, right? Order a drink, have a cigarette. So. And it's despicable, honestly. If if literally their plan is to trick people into doing something that is against the rules in order to charge them a fee, if that really is where this is coming from, that is despicable. I mean, yeah. that is just gross. Yeah. It is. I, I was surprised, you know. Like, I got the documents, and I'm scrolling through it, looking at it, and once I got to the PGP stuff, I saw this, I was like, wow, man, like, really? You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like they presented it as, hey, we're, we're going non-smoking for this. It was in the section of the stuff that's about How can we make profit, money? profit growth plan and a bunch of other things that they're doing, you know? Wow. So... It- it, to give them the benefit of the doubt, is there any other way that they could be making... I mean, other than just tricking people into paying fees, is there any other way it could be profitable for them? I'm trying to think of any possible way well, that... What if, they, what if they just blocked out blocks of rooms as actual smoking rooms or smoking floor, you know, and said, we have to clean these rooms, you want to smoke in the smoking floor, then you pay a smoking resort fee. Yeah, that would sort of make sense, Just right? block that up for 10 bucks. You know, and they just do it as well. And also assuming people that stay in those rooms have a higher tolerance. So it's like not as yeah. big of a deal. But then if you have, you know, 99% uh, occupancy rate on the other 42 floors. Right. And that one is only 10%. Right. Sold it's like inventory smokers, you can't sell. Right. Then you have to put people into smoking rooms and then you have to ask them, oh, is it okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, I man, I, that honestly, the the picture I have in my head is is not a not a good one. Uh, it 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 sounds like one of those things that um, like uh, maybe some like, young executive that uh, ambitious executive like like oh we could do this like uh, like yeah. they you know it it sounds like one of those things that maybe kind of went too far. They have a team of about thirty people. Across young people, across all sorts of departments, who who brainstorm uh, how to do this stuff, various things of to do, and then there it's headed by a, a larger team of about ten or twelve people. Uh, a couple of them I linked to in the piece about the non-smoking rooms uh, that are kind of the spearheads of this thing. So. They've got people all over all over the company who are figuring out ways to cut costs. Fine, right? Cut costs and uh, figure out ways to make more money. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Some of it's a little deceptive, and that's where I get a little irritated. But uh, as a business person, it's I, these are things I never would have thought of, how to yeah. optimize my business. I mean, I don't have any problem with them making money. Make tons of money, right? Casinos are yeah. all about making money. Absolutely. Um, and you could, you know, there are some people that would argue that casinos in and of themselves are like immoral or whatever and like taking money from grandma, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't subscribe to any of that. But man, some of this stuff, 
does feel like line crossing to me. It feels like it's gone from sort of the difference between like good, clean fun to like legitimately deceptive in ways yeah. that I definitely don't think that that gambling, I don't think gambling is deceptive. I mean, if, if you sit down at a roulette table and think that you're going to win, you know, you're on crack. But so, it goes like, to, Hunter, it goes to trust, right? Because you think about gambling, right? In that kind of situation where gambling is, is gambling, you know, you have to trust that the house is going to be fair within right. the rules, yep. within the rules that are set out and agreed upon uh, by the gaming commissions, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and custom and the way things have worked forever, that, right. that, that these rules are, are going to be followed by the house. And because you're dealing with gambling and there's these things with these stats, it's like that trust – that compact of trust between a patron and an operator is really sacred. And I it agree. should it should extend, you know, beyond the tables. You know, it should extend everywhere in the resort, in the property where these people are where the patrons are being touched by the company or or both ways. You know, that they have to retain this level of trust, maintain it and nurture it. Otherwise, they risk people saying, well, you know what? I went to Las Vegas. I got fucked in the casino. I got uh, I got fucked in the hotel room. I got, you know, <laughs> I got fucked with fees and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, good, good things and bad things. All these things happen. Right. Right. You know, but it has to be. I still had a great time. I didn't get ripped off. It's funny. The second you get that sense that, man, I'm getting screwed here. You pull yeah. in seventeen dollars to to valet park your car for one day. It's ridiculous. You know, I never really thought about it that way, but it's really an interesting lens to use, right? I have I have had friends that have been like, "Oh yeah, you know, like the casinos are rigged," and like, "No, they are not rigged." Like that, you're wrong. Like the state has taken extraordinary measures to set up a regulatory apparatus that's robust, and the consequences for breaking that that relationship between the the customer and the the License holder in the state is are severe, and the state polices that actively. And I trust that system. Like I, a license, any licensed casino that I would visit on the strip or downtown, I have never for one minute thought they're scamming me. That they are, that they are, that they are risking that license in order to make a couple, you know, a couple extra bucks here and there. That's never even crossed my mind. I completely Dude, trust in that system. They're taking a face card out of the deck. I would, uh, yeah. Right? I just, that might not seem like nothing, but you know, uh, there's math. If you take a face card out of the deck, it changes the house advantage. And they're basically taking face cards out of the deck in terms of everything that happens on the property. It might be small, but over time, they're doing this for a reason. This is to generate profit, profit growth plan. It's going to work, obviously. You know, unless customers revolt. Customers are revolting. <laughs> they were revolting beforehand. Who knows? But <laughs> you know, it's it's it, if they if they continue to keep taking these things out of the deck, then the people who are playing with a full deck, the properties that are not screwing people, you know, as long as people know who's 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 pulling the cards out, uh, then, then consumers have have an opportunity to do this. You know, nobody's going to say anything in the Vegas press. Nobody. <laughs> you know, when the parking thing came out, 
they all went running to MGM PR. And MGM PR said, oh, we're going to charge for parking when the, uh, you know, for the, for arena events. But it was, it was a smokescreen. It was a lie. Nobody asked any questions. You know, what, what, what has to happen? If consumers don't know, then nothing will change. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Sorry. Go. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. I, I was just, so I just flew someplace and it was the same thing. Where, you know, paid for a ticket, pretty expensive ticket, and then they wanted, I think, something like $50 a seat to be able to pick your seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like a premium seat to pick your seat. And my attitude is basically give British Airways the finger because, okay, you want my four-year-old to sit away from me <laughs> for 11 hours? Good Fine. luck with that. <laughs> you, great. You're going to have a lot of really happy people. You know, you want to break up my, break up my family. Fine. Go do it. Be my guest. I will. I, there's probably not going to be another time in my life where I will have 10 hours by myself. Right. <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, it's the constant, I, I don't even know how many emails I got trying to upsell me and all kinds of things for a freaking plane ride. Like yeah. you sit in one place for 10 hours and then you get there. You know, it just seems like there's so many, if they can find that many ways to, you know, every time I log on to my banking, you know, online banking, they're trying to upsell me with some, yeah. I don't even know what stuff yeah. money that I don't have that they know I don't have. A lot of percentages That's and you're like, I don't, yeah. You know, yeah. invest this money. You guys know what you have my money. You know, there's not a lot there. What could I possibly do with this money? that would justify you doing this. You know, every, every time I go to the mailbox, I have something from Cox cable trying to get me to get home phone service from them, something else or upgrade this upgrade. You know, it's enough guys. If, and I figured this out, if Cox who's sending me at least one piece of mail a week and probably more took that money, they could probably knock something like $10 off my bill a month, which make me, make me more likely to stay with them. My cocktail so, just went up. Very unhappy. Yeah. Anyway, so, I digress. Uh, it's, I just feel like this stuff is kind of everywhere. And it's all... It's interesting, though. I think the, the point that I hadn't really considered is the, how important the central tenet of trust is in the, in the gambling casino relationship and how messing with that actually could have further-ranging consequences. Though, of course, the interesting X factor there is that casino gambling is becoming less of an important factor. I mean, obviously it's still huge, but um, in terms of the overall relationship, like, you know, that trust is less important than it was 10 years ago. If, if in terms of just sort of the, the raw customer data. Yeah. Well, you've got the people, so you've got the casuals will just throw some money in. They don't really care about the trust so much. And then you have your core customers who probably do have, that personal relationship on some level. So I think that I, I think it's a different dynamic, but I mean, I, I am putting a lot more trust in an airline than a casino. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that they yeah. are doing their things. Wrong. I mean, I know they're right. going to rip me off, but hopefully right. they, yeah, hopefully they haven't skimped on their safety because right. that's kind of a right. pretty trusting your life <laughs> to them. Right. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So I think people are just kind of expecting it sad just like when you get on the airplane they assume that you're trying to 
bring something that's going to cause harm and you have to take off your shoes and do everything, you know, there's no trust there. They just have to assume everybody's criminal. You know, when you try to get back into your own country, they assume, oh, well, you know, what are you coming back for? What are you doing? What were you doing in another country? Where'd you go? Right. It's funny, though. With that, you can buy trust, too, right? Like, you can get TSA PreCheck or Global. You can pay money to buy that trust back, which is basically the same thing as what you're seeing in the casinos. Yeah. So I feel like almost we're sliding towards some kind of dystopia where everything is, you know, you're going to where, you know, you go into a business and you can have to pay extra for people to smile at you. No. <laughs> like, oh, you well, got basic service, you know, that is no smile. Oh, you got our our extended service. Well, okay, we're going to smile and be nice. Making America great again. Do you yeah. think th- do you think that software pricing has something to do with any of this? Like, f- people expect things for free, right? Uh, yeah. Premium, and then add-on, like, you know, you buy Facebook credits, which are basically useless, uh, but hmm. they're the little, little coins of the realm and things like that. So people are more apt to be okay with these niggling little fees? I see it more as an effect than a cause, honestly. I think it's... I don't, I don't see it as a cause. I, I To me, it feels like more of a symptom of of the overall. But, but it's an interesting question. That's more of a reaction than a that a well thought out response. Mm. But it's interesting, right? I mean, it's sort of the devaluation of, of everything. I, I, I was uh, consulting with a colleague uh, going to Las Vegas to conduct some, uh, some business and talking about where to stay. And this is not a person that, uh, you know, he's goes to Las Vegas every once in a while, but not a person that goes on a regular basis, not clued in talking about, rates and fees and stuff and like oh encore 200 bucks a night that's actually a pretty good deal um oh what is this resort fee thing oh <laughs> huh. okay and like they charge you 50 bucks extra to check in early and 50 bucks extra to check in late he's like holy shit these guys are ruthless like yeah. he his this is a guy that a very savvy uh, a very savvy guy with a lot of business experience he's like man like he's like i know why they do it but damn like it's yeah. gnarly like he was He's basically saying, like, I, I see what they're doing, and I, I understand the, the the business behind it, but man, it feels feels bad. Yeah, that thing that reminds me that that uh, uh, thing that they did with the PGP about uh, if the 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 price of a king bedroom is thirty bucks more than a dual queen. Yeah. Wow. Right for the exact same room at Bellagio. If you want a king bed, you want one less bed, it costs you $30 more. You think of all the stuff that you sort of take for granted, right? Like there's going to be a safe in the room or there's going to be some extra pillows if you need them or maybe in a nicer hotel, a bathrobe. I mean, how long until literally every single thing is like you've got an iPhone app that if you pick your in-app purchases for all your extra dollar here, $4 there. And it's like a completely customized thing where everything costs extra. It's like the resort becomes an a la carte experience. It's no longer pre fee. It's like, you want this? You want want to use the slippers? It's going to cost you a dollar because we have to clean them. You want to to have a scale in your room, which MGM is now going to remove from all their hotel rooms? Well, that's going to cost you $5 if you want to scale. I mean, think about it, right? It's like the the technology is is making it practical to do that. Whether it's on the customer end with uh with you know apps and phones and stuff, or even on the hotel service end, like people are 
you know, there's now like a bunch of companies that make robots that will fill rooms with different stuff. Like you can automate the stuff more and more, and that's only going to get more advanced. So like all of the reasons why that was impractical are disappearing. It's kind of freaky. I was like, not, I was just thinking that they were scummy and now I feel like the world is ending. So awesome. (laughs) That's just changing, you know, (laughs) dystopia. Yeah. Uh, But the weird thing is, is we have so much relative affluence and everything, you know, could you even imagine having this conversation 50 years ago? Like, oh, uh, they want to no. charge extra for Wi-Fi. How dare they? What? You know, what's that? Yeah. You can do all this stuff. And so that's the weird thing is that it's... Wi-Fi costs a dollar fifty. I'd be happy to pay for Wi-Fi <laughs> if I want to use it. I want to and it's, pay and it for was, it. it was good if it was yeah. fast. It always yeah. sucks. Anyway, that's my... But now I'm forced twice. to pay for it even though I'm not going to use it because I have a phone. With yeah. 4G service, and I'll I'll use my laptop, and I'll use this thing as a hotspot. The yeah. phone is a hotspot, and I don't I don't need to use their Wi-Fi. They're making me buy it. I love the Notary Public. That's the reason I am cool with the resort fee. I notarize documents <laughs> on every trip. Yeah, <laughs> I just I mean you know this is joke is not not the first time but it's just the grab bag of shit they throw in there to try and make it seem like there's a long list of stuff is ridiculous. We should do, you know what that's that's what people should do. Every time you go to a hotel room, just get shit notarized, <laughs> just because you can. I want to get my boxer shorts, <laughs> right? I want to get this pillowcase notarized. I want to get the cigarette that I'm gonna smoke in the room for three hundred dollars notarized. The letter I'm good. The email I'm going to send to Jimbo. I'm going to get it notarized. It would be a, actually a really interesting story for someone to write a piece about how they went to a hotel and they used every single service that was provided <laughs> by the resort fee. Yeah, you know they made a lot of local calls. They went to the gym. <laughs> they notarized a bunch of shit. They you know yeah. read the newspaper. I don't. Maybe they notarized the newspaper. I don't know. What <laughs> keep going. That would that would be funny. I would I would. I would dig that. So enterprise editors it's and writers. It's gonna happen. There. It's Good. gonna happen. I love it. You gave me it. an idea for sure. Do it. I love it. I love Dave, it. Dave, awesome. prepare yeah. for some phone calls. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Direct from the room. Sitting here. Hey man, I'm sitting here watching the Kino channel. What's up with you? Eight thirty six. Oh, Kino, man. Think about. I just you made me think back to the the bingo that we did for uh, not. It's not the same as Kino, but yeah. bingo that we did for Vimp. It was amazing. Anyway. Um, one more thing I want to throw on the list, unless there's anything you guys are dying to talk about that I missed, but it was, uh, the Stevens, um, our host for, and, uh, them purchasing the, the, uh, Bank of Nevada Bridger building in downtown, which is sort of adjacent to the now empty lot that is the downtown Las Vegas event center, which they purchased, uh, the courthouse that got demolished and their properties, Golden Gate, D, and uh, 18 Fremont, which will t- TBD. Um, so they bought this building, right? Which I, I didn't, you know, I've driven past it a million times and I've looked at it. You know, it's an interesting, architecturally interesting building, um, but never really thought much about it. You know, Clark County's used it for various things. But I, I reading about the sale, noticed that uh, it's been somewhat controversial, right? Like the county at different times, maybe controversial is the wrong word, but they, they're not sure what to do with it, right? They like, we're going to spend a bunch of money to renovate it. And no, we're not. And yes, we are. Uh, we're going to use it for this. We're going to tear it down. Like, it's sort of gone back and forth. Um, but it ended up in their hands. Uh, they, I think they paid, you know, two million bucks for it or something. 
Um, but it's interesting, right? The, these guys are expanding their footprint downtown. And um, the stated purpose is like office space and distribution logistics stuff for their, their now going soon to be three casinos, which, you know, that makes sense. But it's not too hard to imagine. I don't think any of us assume that uh, the downtown Las Vegas event center is going to be there forever, right? I mean, I think, uh, you know, it it's clearly when uh, when as the environment continues to change, that will become a higher revenue generating opportunity. Um, and this is, I, I would assume, in a similar category, right? I mean, I think it's fascinating. These guys... Uh, clearly believe in downtown and um, are out there snapping this stuff up. But I just thought it was really interesting to see uh, another investment in downtown property. Yeah, it shows they definitely, like you said, are pretty bullish on it. So I'll be interested to see what how it evolves, what they do. Yeah, totally. I, I, um, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even realize that the, the county was auctioning it off and I guess they were like the only bidders, so um, it, I'm assuming that you know they knew that they were going to bid. I, the county probably knew. I mean, with a with that sort of thing, I, I assume it was sort of like an open and shut kind of deal. I doubt there was much suspense in the room, but I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, Derek doesn't consult me in all of his deals, no. Uh, so I, I wasn't aware ahead of time. Uh, but it's I think it's really interesting. Well, let me tell you guys, I got a deal that we can get in on the ground floor of. Oh, okay, let's go. Got this email from Sun Commercial Real Estate. Hmm. Rumor Boutique Hotel is for sale. Hmm. It's the place across from Hard Rock, right down right, the road yeah, from sure. UNLV. I remember that. And place. for 150 rooms, it can be ours for $18 million. Hmm. No casino, though. No right? Casino. No casino. No casino. I, you know what, Dave? Uh, I might have to pass. All right. Uh, it's there. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Yeah. You know, I appreciate you thinking of me. But uh, I, you know, my if I if I'm gonna get into the hotel business, I really want to be a casino operator. That's really my goal. So I don't think it's gonna work out this time. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Yeah. What do you think he's gonna do with the Bridger Building? Uh, long term. I mean, I, I think honestly, yeah. I think short term, it's exactly what he said. Yep. But I, I it's Office I, you space. know, do you think they're gonna put their uh, D and D crew in there. Their D and D crew. Their design and development crew. Oh, 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 oh! I was like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, um, no. sorry. Roll percentage. Roll yeah. percentage. <laughs> sorry, I was confused for a second. Probably that because that orc jumped out from behind what I said. I just had a really, I just had an idea. What, what we could do is we could. This is probably one of those terrible ideas because I'm too jet lagged. But what if somebody did a, th- a thing where they took all the prominent casino executives and owners and stuff and then did a character sheet for them? Oh, oh like yeah. Played. Charisma, strength, that would whatever. Be yeah, that would be kind of cool. That's a great idea. Yeah. We could have that be a VIMP event, have like that'd a D&D cool. tournament with yeah. the... I love it. I like that. We're going to file that away. That would be great. And we'll take, an, we'll take a map from an old casino. Yeah. And, and that will be the, uh, uh, the, the thing you'll explore. Yeah, I like it. I don't know. It's just just a thought. Yeah, I like I'll it. be the dungeon master, unless you guys want to. I have <laughs> no, experience. I, I don't. So I don't have any experience. So it would be good okay. for you to fill that role. All right. Okay. I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Well, there you go. Steve Wynn plus two thousand hair. You know what? I wondered. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder if Donald Trump becomes president, I could totally see Steve Wynn being named like ambassador to someplace. Like it's like one of those like sort of like prestige, like mid-level jobs you give to your buddies. Yeah. Um, like ambassador to like, I don't know, Monte China. Carlo or something. Yeah. China. China. It's gotta no, be China. That's a real job. You can't give that to Steve Wynn. San Tropez. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> ambassador to San Tropez. Yeah. Monaco. Yeah. Mon- the ambassador to Monaco would be good. Yeah. Or like, you know, like maybe Italy, you live in Rome or something. I don't know. Well, he's, I could, he's I could a, totally he's see a that. he's a citizen of Monaco, isn't he? Probably. Didn't they, they make him whole- a citizen when yeah. he was gonna do that development there? I vaguely remember that yeah. whole inter- intertwined deal. But yeah, I could I mean, I I don't even think it's that far fetched. Like the presidents give away ambassadorships to like to you know, nonsense countries all the time to like their political buddies. And I could, I could totally see it. And it's usually the donors. And if he's not, yes, exactly. Any fundraising, then he'll just have those to give out. Right. See, so, you know, you save the important ones for like real established diplomats, and then you give away all the other ones. to your people that gave you money. That's the way it's done. Anyway. um, Sorry. uh, Bridger building. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do, but it's interesting, right? You can imagine if, if he wants to build downtown, I mean, I, I, man, what I would love to see is like, you know, if he got really ambitious, some kind of like golden nugget ask, like, what if you really got ambitious and you're like, I'm going to actually level the D and create something that, that connects all those different properties together. You could build this crazy thing. I mean, that seems like way over the top, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I, I would be, uh, it's hard for me to imagine new properties, not on Fremont street, just given the current setup and how hard it is for downtown grand to do stuff. So I, it's easier to imagine new stuff connected to old stuff through bridges and whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you could find some way to expand existing properties, so that they're not you don't you're not forcing people to walk down alleys and that kind of shit, which people don't like. Yep. I don't know. But it's interesting. The guy is definitely continuing to invest in that stuff and uh is putting a lot of money into it. Um so You know, and also probably for the price, it's better for him to buy that than to let somebody else have it because yeah. they might have complaints about the noise. No, it's always a consideration. Cause that could just be a strategic purchase as well because, you know, the sound bounces off of the Fremont and it, uh, I mean, it bounces off the four Queens, the tower there and it bounce and it yeah. slams yeah. right back. So, yeah. And no, I think that that kind of thing and yeah. buying stuff, to make sure other people don't buy it is definitely a, a strategic move. And uh, so, you know, that wouldn't, that wouldn't totally surprise me. I think we asked him at some point, I can't remember if it was on the podcast uh, when we interviewed him last or what, but like, Hey, do your neighbors hate you? Cause like you have bands playing in their backyard. And I think he said like, no, they're, they're yeah, pretty, pretty into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's fun. Oh, no, go ahead, Dave. Well, the whole the thing about buying stuff so other people don't buy stuff, this came up with the um, NBA elective because they were talking about expanding the Venetian Palazzo, and I said, yeah, they could do that because, oh, yeah, well, they have the southern 19 acres of land. I said, yeah, only problem is the wind garage is in the middle right. of it. And Sinead Robinson, who's the, the cast person who's 
putting it all together and is the, the assistant dean there, associate dean, said how, you know, when we were in the Venetian Palazzo, we were in the offices, we looked out the window and you see this huge sign that says, win employee parking. <laughs> like this huge, like big, basically a big middle finger to them. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, this is here. This will frustrate all of your dreams. And so that property that has like the craziest li- If you look at the lines, like from the aerial, like that thing is like, jagged and like this really bizarre shape yeah pretty funny and you know also he you know when we were at win he was the people were saying well yeah he was so concerned about their comfort so that they glassed in the walkway and air conditioned it and everything and you know and, and we wouldn't think of well maybe i'll sell this land and then build a employee garage closer it was, oh no this this is where it is this is where they want it so yeah that was kind of funny if only they cared enough to make sure you couldn't hear the oons in the guest room. But <laughs> apparently not. Maybe maybe next time. Is there parking at that Bridger building? Because they could use that for there is parking. There is. So I believe I am now making, I'm now trying to remember, but I believe it said it was like 75 square, 75,000 square feet of office space and 52,000 square feet of parking. Mm. I believe. So yes, there is parking. So yeah, that valet parking would make sense, right? Yeah, totally. Yep. Totally, totally, especially at Golden Gate where they've got like five parking spaces. It's underground too. All right, kids. Uh, anything else that we shouldn't shouldn't miss? I'm I'm good. Um, Dave, go to sleep. <laughs> and uh, glad to have you back amongst us in the United States of America, making America great again. <laughs> Donald J. Trump for president. 